Forum coming to you live on 106.1 FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. Folks, welcome back to Open Forum. What a lovely conversation we had with Vitaly Tarasovic, the Consul General of Ukraine in Houston. Lovely conversation. You know, it reminds me of the time, um, uh, Jagadvai, when we met the CG of Israel, if you remember. Yes. He was on the uh, phone a couple of times. Right, and I asked him the right. last question, was the same question I asked him, how safe is it to travel to Israel? His answer mm -hmm. was, let me ask you a question, Subodh. How safe is it? to travel to New York. I said, I think it's pretty safe. He said, but you hear of a lot of people being shot in New York and Chicago, and yet a lot of planes going to Chicago or going to New York and travel, don't they? Mm -hmm. That's how safe we are. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I had no other questions. Yes. <laughs> we just shut off the whole show. Yeah. And that's the way he answered also. But I do expect Ukraine to be a little more... I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there right now. Yes. I would not advise people to go right away just because someone said it's very safe. You have to make your own decisions. Yes. It's a beautiful country, but right now they're in a, in a state of turmoil. Yeah. And, and so I just want to make that disclaimer to all, all our listeners. Hey, he made a statement as a, as a CG as a diplomat. I'm making a statement as someone who knows, hey, you've got to be going safely to a place, especially when they are in the midst of a yeah. war. Let's go to our second program today. And uh, we were supposed to get a call from a gentleman. I think we'll have to postpone that call. If he's listening, we had you exactly for five o'clock. And sir, you couldn't make it. I guess you got busy playing baseball or something. So we'll do your uh, program next week if we can. But today I want to take this opportunity to um, use our pulpit out here to talk to folks who listen to us every Saturday about cancer survivorship and how do you maintain that? I mean, you know, it's, yes, it is. Uh, it's a very devastating condition. As you know, I, my wife went through that. So I, firsthand I know, uh, taking care of my own spouse, how difficult and it is for the patient or the person and the rest of the family who takes care and the doctors who take care and others who take care. Today, 
ICANN, the Indo-American Cancer Awareness Network, is that right? I-A-C-A-N, is, uh, you know, we are partnering them with them. We do that several months in a year, and today is that time of the uh, month that we're going to partner with them and have uh, one of their representatives, um, Smita Malaya, who is going to be joining us in the studio. In fact, she's sitting right in the hot seat, as we call it, and um, and we're going to talk about her. She uh, She's going to introduce herself, and then we're going to have Radha Dixit, who's a survivor, cancer survivor, and she's going to talk about her journey and what she has done post-survivorship to maintain her health the way she is. So welcome to Open Forum. Uh, Miss, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great to be here in your show. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the second. Have you been here one once? No, this you is my feel, first time. You look so confident. I'm like, yeah, this is the first time. This is very easy. You, you guys this is are the first great. Time. Yeah, you guys are great hosts. So I'm making myself very comfortable. <laughs> very good. So I'm glad you're here today. And uh, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our audience out there. I know you work at MD Anderson, but what exactly do you do there is something that I'd like for you to tell us. Awesome. So my title at MD Anderson is uh, I'm a senior mind-body intervention specialist, which essentially by training, I'm a yoga therapist and I work in yoga research and we have a yoga clinical practice where I see inpatients, outpatients, patients who are going through their cancer treatment and I provide yoga therapy for them. Mm -hmm. A big part of my job for about 12 years or so now has been researching yoga therapy to make it a very socially uh, relevant science, applying it as a clinical practice to help cancer patients who are going through cancer uh, treatment. So this has been uh, going on for over 12 years now. And MD Anderson has been offering yoga, yoga therapy for cancer patients for close to 20 years now. Wow. And I would say that we are one of the first clinical comprehensive cancer um, care centers to offer yoga therapy as a clinical practice, mm-hmm. which means it is integrated into patients' care. Right. Where it's it like is. a prescription. Hey, now yep. you Rx yoga. Yep. Right? That's and, amazing. And their clinical doctors, their oncologists are able to see. We are able to look at the patient charts and really uh, take yoga to address some specific cancer symptoms that patients experience as they go through cancer treatment. Fantastic. You know, you you are right at the right place today because Dinkar Bhai himself is a yoga instructor, a mind, a mind what is it called? Mind-body uh, something instructor. Um, so Meditate, huh? Meditation instructor, etc. So he knows exactly what you're talking about. To me, it might sound a little bit foreign, not too much, but for him, he's he's been in those waters and swam out there. Uh, so he knows exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but we're also going to get Radha online. Radha, we're going to get you online right now. Radha, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm actually excited to listen to Smita Ji. <laughs> yes, we are all excited to talk to both of you all. So as she has introduced herself, I'd like to have you introduce yourself. A lot of these folks who listen to us uh, on a, you know every Saturday basis know you, and we also know you as you've been part of the ISCT, the Indo-American Conservatives of Texas. Uh, we also know you as, as Bijoy Dixit's wife, because a lot of people know Bijoy yes. out there. So you, you're a pretty famous lady out there. But, but you also have, you are a cancer survivor, and that's what we're going to focus yes. on today. So tell us about what happened to you and where, I, where you are today. Yes. Uh, so the irony of the situation is probably a lot of people know my father, too, yes. Dr. Stan Fotzik, a renowned um, cancer scientist, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, yes. So it, it, it He was my mentor when I first came to this country. Uh, he probably knows it, and uh, you didn't know that. No, no, and he did want me to say hello to you and Smithaji because he Thank knows you. I'm on the show today. Thank you. But um, so, so basically, you know, my father came in 1970, and a few la- years later, he joined MD Anderson Cancer Center, which oh. is where he worked for 50 plus years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, I came to Houston in 1972, so I've been in Houston since um, 72, and um, life is going on pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so about 12 or 13 years ago, uh, my dad told me that, hey, can you, you want to come with me? We're going to um, inaugurate this organization uh, for cancer survivors. Oh, wow. So just to spend time with my father, I said, okay, sure, Daddy, I'll go, because mm-hmm. he's always doing something or the other. Right. So we went to Madras Pavilion. This was about 13, 13, I think, years ago. And, you know, he lit the lamp, and they un- inaugurated this organization. So I thought I would help my dad help survivors and, you know, do what I can 
with anybody, you know, never, never in my mind thinking that I would be one of them. Oh, my, yeah. So needless to say, <laughs> here, I, here I am wanting to help people who uh, need help or, you know, survivors who may need some therapy or whatever. In any way, me and my dad could help. Well, um, I think after that, I went to the doctor yeah. and I, I kept I kept fainting multiple times and and eventually the result came out that I had cancer. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what happened to my life. My children were young, ten and sixteen, and of course, you know, when you hear the word cancer, you immediately think, "Oh my God, I'm how, done. What's going to happen?" Miss Rada, if I may, uh, periodically, I may just ask you questions. And I, I'm not. I don't mean to interrupt you. How old were you at that mm-hmm. time when they diagnosed that you had breast cancer? Was it breast cancer? Did you no, say? No, it, it was. It was not breast cancer. It was, it was actually the the word for the cancer is metastatic multifocal papillary thyroid carcinoma. Okay, okay, which okay. was head and neck cancer. Gotcha. And how old were you that time? And, uh, so that was thirteen years ago. Okay. So maybe. So it's not, it's four, recent. Four, that's all right. Yeah, it's recent. I, uh, that's okay. Uh, no, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to reveal other things. years ago, which okay. would make, make me about 40. Okay. I wasn't that old. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm that. saying. Yeah. Uh, very, very young. <laughs> so now, and you know, I'm in my, mi- I'm in my mid-50s now. So you know, I luckily, Dinkar doesn't young. know good mathematics, so he's still calculating how young are you now. He, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I always pull his leg. You know, I was, I was only uh, probably 40. Yeah. Uh, my son was 10. My daughter wow. was 16. Wow. And... And and you know as well as yes. you know people who have been through this that yeah. basically cancer takes over your life, and almost for five, well I mean for five years they they had told me that that's the survival rate. Oh God. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully for me because it was metastatic, yep. and they said okay rather and basically I lived at MD Anderson for five years. Yeah. So imagine that, and right. you know you know right. what you go through. Right. Today people see me and they see a happy bubbly person and yes. that oh rather's got it all together, but. The journey is not easy. Even today, the journey is not, not easy. Not over. <laughs> is the journey over, though? It's not, not over. Yeah. Well, well, uh, for me, since I've had it for thir- I mean, I've had for thirteen years. I've been a survivor. Yes. What, what I what I like to say that I I don't play games with myself. I know what the reality is. I know that it can come back any day if it needs to. So. The best way for me to live is live each day. Right. Which is what I do. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to come back to you. I am still, right. We're going to come back to you, Radha. I want to ask Mm -hmm. Smita one question. You you see patients like Radha five years at MD Anderson, you know, literally and figuratively in and out of the hospital. And then at what point do they actually say, this is where you want to go join yoga therapy? Is it in between while things are still going on? Or at least when you have the muscle strength to do something, or is it a, towards the end when you actually are given a clean bill of health and say, okay, now you can... Where, at what point does yoga come into this action? That's a great question. A lot of patients as well as healthcare providers think that you start yoga when you're able to, because of the understanding that yoga is a physical movement, mm-hmm. and a physical practice, you should be able to twist and turn into a posture. Right. But when you really look at yoga and yoga therapy, it includes uh, tools or practices like pranayama, meditation, breathing, mudras, and so many other things. Right. So if the question is when to start yoga, you can start right now is the great time to start yoga. Right. And for a cancer patient, it can mean that they have just been diagnosed, they're going through treatment, they're at the end of their treatment, or they're living with chronic illness or the changes mm-hmm. as part of the cancer treatment. And yoga, yoga therapy can actually address any stage that the patient yeah, is right. in. And even years later, you know, just to keep your health and well-being in check. And in some sense, preventatively, also they can continue to practice, you know, yoga practices at any time. So, so there's no tell limitation me, uh, uh, Yoga and cancer, or mm-hmm. yoga and anything. How does it really help, like people like Radha, to, you know, recover? Or some some of them that I know in India, there, it's a recurrence of cancer again, mm-hmm. you know, after five years of remission. So, with that kind of a situation, how yoga can help a patient? 
So when we talk about, you know, diseases, may it be cancer or many other psychosomatic ailments that yoga is known to be very helpful for, by doing yoga practices, there are many changes that your system experiences. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, when we talk about the nervous system, the stressed part of the nervous system is the sympathetic nervous system, and the restful part is the parasympathetic nervous system. And having a balance between this is very important to maintain health and well-being for all of us. So when we practice yoga practices, may it be asanas or pranayama or the meditation practice that we are engaging, we are affecting a lot of different sim, you know, systems in the body by improving our immunity, relaxing our nervous system, improving the cortisol, which is the stress hormone rhythmicity in the body, and so many different mechanisms. I know our listeners are not essentially doctors. So in layman terms, it just affects a lot of these symptoms, bringing it back to its natural state. And when the body is in a state of rest and in its natural state, the ability to heal is awesome. Specifically coming to cancer patients, when mm -hmm. cancer patients are going through treatment, cancer treatment itself is very aggressive and alters a lot of various systems in the sure, body. Right. Yeah. And yoga, yoga therapy practices can actually help you reset that. Mm -hmm. Thereby, it helps improve that well health yeah. and well-being. Yeah. So, at, at Radha, so again, I come yes. back to you now. At what point did yes. you, as you survive, you're a survivor of this thyroid, uh, very complex thyroid cancer, as you described. W at what point did you realize or get into yoga so that it kept you going the way you are going right now? You uh, very um, aptly describe yourself. We know you, Radha, Ms. Radha Dixit, as a very bubbly, outgoing, intelligent, smart person. And never, when if anyone looks at you or watches you and interacts with you, would have ever thought that you went through what you went through, uh, you know, 13 years ago. So, what kept you going? How was, where was yoga, at what stage was yoga introduced in your regimen? Okay, so I definitely concur with um, Smita Ji because, as a matter of fact, I started visualization therapy while, right immediately after my um, surgery. What I did is when you're lying in your bed and you can't do anything, you mm -hmm. know, someone has to do everything for you, I visualized in my mind my own blood cells, my blood moving through my body, how the cells that were not healthy were becoming healthy, were smiling at me. I know it may sound weird, but it, to me it's vis visualization mm -hmm. therapy. And I did that while I was laying in bed. I constantly looked inside myself to try to heal my myself inside and I didn't want to see sickness inside I wanted to see it healthy right then when I was able to finally get out and start walking and um, doing things uh, nearby North Cypress Medical Center uh, the American Cancer Society had yoga sessions it must have been just um, a couple of months after I started recovering and um, my daughter used to take me there for art therapy and yoga therapy Hmm. And uh, so, and that helped mobilize my neck because, you know, you have to go through physical therapy in order to get the movement back in your shoulder and your neck. Mine was metastatic, so, of course, I had um, surgery all through my the left side. My salivary glands were damaged from um, radioactive iodine therapy. I still can't chew lots of foods. So, hmm. so what that made me do was go more inside myself. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is what yoga, meditation, pranayam is, is that you don't look outside all the time. You look inside yourself. So when you say that, okay, Radha appears bubbly out in public, well, mm -hmm. because Radha does yoga, Radha does meditation, Radha does pranayam. So she's very much focused mm -hmm. inside, even when she's outside with everybody else. Right. That's so amazing. So I started my yoga right immediately as soon as I could because I was yeah. lucky that I found more Cyprus. And then I was lucky that ICANN was there because Vincent Kabad started doing yoga, as, I believe it was Arya Samaj, mm -hmm. like maybe a year after I was diagnosed. And so my daughter used to take me there every Saturday, and it was for ICANN cancer survivors. So maybe 10, 15 of us would go there wow. and do it every Saturday. Wow. And I'm so thankful to the teachers there who are doing this free for us survivors, where the rest of the community doesn't even know right. that we are struggling. Right. We're struggling like this. Right. This was 12 years ago. Wow. This was 12 years ago. And that's why I, I'm, I'm open to talking about my condition, because I want them to know that ICANN is there with these events. Yeah. Radha, let me ask you, this is Jagat, uh, let me ask you this question yes. to you. 
uh, how did cancer change you? What were you before cancer and who are you after cancer? Okay, so definitely before cancer, I was, I was even more active. <laughs> than what, if people think I'm active today, I was extremely active, you know, always out there doing some community service or the other. I mean, running here, running there, talking, lecturing, whatever, whatever I was doing. But it was more outside for everybody else. After cancer, because it affected me so much, like, you know, my son was 10, and you can imagine right. a mother... Yes. Whose son goes to school every day thinking, is mom going to be alive when she comes home? Hmm. That's, that's the struggle these children go right. through. You know, it, it, it's hard on the caregiver, which y'all, BJ, definitely hard on the patient, Correct. even more hard on the children. Yes. So I, I totally shut myself down at that time. Wow. Nobody saw Rava anywhere. Wow. Hmm. And wow. focused on myself. Wow. Yeah. And that came into a being of what Radha is, that it, it's about me. Yeah. Every morning I wake up, I do meditation for an hour, and I do yoga, and I do dance therapy, yeah. and I work in my garden. So, so you see a different Radha when she's out, but right. I'm very focused on myself. No, it's That's so, it's so remarkable point. because what we, we know Radha is extremely active, active in the community. So, I, you know, I cannot even imagine how active you were before uh, your cancer showed up, you know. But let me ask you, Subodh, you yeah. being a doctor and, and to you also, uh, when, when you hear this word cancer, that word with C, you know, all of a sudden, I personally think that people go into depression uh, for a short time. Uh, just to accept the fact that you have a cancer and you, you have a fighting chance of survival now, how do you handle this situation? Do they go through uh, depression? And w what happens after all these things when they realize and when they accept the fact that now I literally have to fight for my life? Um, knowing and seeing a lot of patients go through, I think the first response from a lot of patients is shock. Right. So they are in, in shock and uh, there's a lot of questioning, why me? How come me? And a lot of these patients may have had actually lifestyle and have done things that are uh, important to be healthy. So there's a lot of shock. And after shock, I would say there is fear, the fear of what the treatment is going to look like. And even post-treatment, many years later, survivors talk about the fear of recurrence, mm -hmm. you know, what that may look like. Correct. And most patients definitely go through you know, um, the difficulty in coping, which is, you know, mixed anxiety and depression, and it can come in waves, and patients take individually differently. It also depends on what kind of treatment, stage, family support, social support, so many things go into actually supporting patients through cancer treatment, along with the treatment that they receive from the hospital and from their doctors. Right, and you know, for me, yeah. I mean, uh, you asked me that question, I'm being a physician, and spouse of someone who passed away exactly. due to a lung right. cancer. So, right. as a physician, it is, you know, we, we, when we get a diagnosis, a lot of our diagnosis is breast cancer because it's, it's the protocols that we follow right. and you can detect it at certain age and, you know, and then once a biopsy is done, I sit down with the patient, the family and talk. And it, it is difficult for right. the patient. I recently had a patient who... I told her what her diagnosis is, 52 years old. And she, like you, you said it right, she was in denial for a little while. And she just like, I don't think it's me. Then after half an hour it was, because I spent about an hour with her. Then she asked me, why me? And then I don't know what is going to happen to her because she kind of refused to take treatment in the beginning because it was basically a denial. She will get treatment, I know it. Yeah. But it was just the denial part of it. And, and, and we go through that. You know, we hold hands and try to get a lot of our families through this. Thankfully, uh, a cancer like breast cancer can be detected early. Much, earlier. much earlier. And and there are others. Like right. when Sonal had her cancer, uh, she just, there were no protocols for the cancer she had. A non-smoker lady who was very active was diagnosed as stage 4 cancer without, no, without any symptoms till right. the stage 4 came. So that is a very difficult moment for both of us. But Sonal, as you know how Sonal was, yeah. one of the strongest women I've ever met, right. the strongest maybe, was just like, let's go through this, let's see what happens. And the, the survival rate was barely nothing. Right. She said, well, I'll go through it and see what happens. It was tough, tough. very difficult, right. because right. the side effects of radiation and chemotherapy 
yeah. is are devastating it, it, in some cases, right. especially in that stage that she had. So it's very difficult for the family members. As Radha mentioned, it was her as a patient, then you have a spouse, exactly. then you have children, children. parents, right. friends, the community. There's so much going on, so many things that you're supposed to finish off and you can't now right. because you're focusing on yourself. Right. So it's a very difficult journey. And, and that's why I say that the uh, uh, audience and my listeners that, look, when there are protocols which are available, yeah. okay, like for example, uh, in men, we know when to start doing prostate cancer screening. In, in right now, uh, the, the cancer for colon, the screening is all the way down to 45. It used to be 50 right. and above. We're yes. seeing more. Right. My youngest patient who has uh, colon cancer is an Indian Malayali guy who's 27 years old. Wow. Never had we ever thought that we would find so young a child, a person who would get that. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, the societies all over the world have recognized colon cancer should be yeah. looking, the screening should be down to 45 years. Just now, uh, the, the, the UPSTF, as it's called, United States Preventive Task Force, declared that all women should get their cancer screening at 40 for breast cancers. Used to be 50. The same group said 50 a few months ago. That said, 40. In our practice, we do it at 35, right. between 35 and 40 once, and then after 40, right. every two years. That's what we do. Yeah. But now it's official that at 40, you should right. start. So these are protocols. Protocols for smokers. We have protocols for smokers. If you smoke X amount of cigarettes for X amount of years, you need to get a low-dose CT scan of your lung. So there's a protocol. Right. There's a protocol for pap smears, cancer, uh, you know, cervical cancer in women. And there are protocols to follow at what age you start, etc., etc. There are protocols for uh, prevention of cervical cancer, HPV virus, Correct. the vaccination that vaccination. we and we talked right. about it here. Right. ICANN has been a big proponent of so that, am I. We, right. and you are because your your wife was a, right. a as a pediatrician right. and she took care of a lot of children. Right. We give those vaccines to a lot. So the protocols when they are there. You can do it. Radha's case, there was no protocol for Correct. the thyroid right. cancer. Right. There's none. Yeah. No. Nope. Right. Well, none. So she I got, she and none. Sonal got stuck in that non-protocol yeah. carcinoma. None By the and way, no, and no, no, no symptoms. No right. symptoms. Right. Exactly so what I'm saying. That's why they call it the silent killer. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and the reason I'm bringing this up, this question, is because I know someone who's very close to us, extended family member in India. Uh, that was suffering. This is a recurrence of uh, cancer again after five years in a different location mm -hmm. and different different kind of cancer. Non-smoker, totally vegetarian, non, right. no alcohol consumption, nothing. And even then, yeah. you same, know... Same, same, same with me. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, you know, and the first time, you know, five years ago, I mean, the patient literally went into depression, came out of it, but again, now she is going to face the same situation, uh, just because it showed up at different places. It just mm -hmm. so happened that she went because she was not having uh, having some issues, so she went for an MRI, and all of a sudden it showed that hey, he got some some lumps somewhere, some nodules somewhere, you know, and so the biopsy right. was taken, right. and then all of a sudden it turned out to be malignant. Right, right, and and, and, and that's why that's why Jagadbhai, we again, you know, I can does a great job in doing these uh, educational programs for screening. In fact, if you remember, Mona Lisa told us once, when you have a patient who needs a breast cancer screening and they don't have any money, call us, call us. because the Rose Clinic will do a free breast uh, cancer screening with a mammogram and other tests if necessary. And that's what ICANN does. The right. Indo-American right. Cancer Awareness Network right. and the the board members are amazing. amazing. They've they've been on our. Uh, are you on the board also, Smita? Yeah. No, yeah. you don't. Yeah, you you're a worker also, right? <laughs> so, but the board members are all good workers also, and they they bring in this awareness. Right. And I'm not sure if they have a gala this year, but last year's gala was very successful. And 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 I saw some of the bone marrow donors and recipients who came to that gala, and I was totally moved by the amount of work that ICANN did for those people and others uh, uh, in, in the society. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. A number out here is 1-888-749-1035. We're talking to Radha, who's a thyroid cancer survivor, 
Um, it was diagnosed 13 years ago, and she's doing, like, with God's grace, fantastic right fantastic. now. And we're also uh, talking to Smita, who, is, who works at MD Anderson and is a senior... Mind-body mind intervention specialist. specialist. I'm the so yoga therapist, to make a, it simple. She's a yoga therapist working <laughs> oh. at MD. How long have you been with MD Anderson? About 12 years now. So um, did you start this 12 years ago, the program? Or yes. Was yes. it already there? Actually, we had um, different grants from NCI to yeah. study breast cancer population. And wow. I came about 12 years um, back to MD Anderson. And now we have expanded our research to different cancer populations to include lung different brain tumors, mm -hmm. head and neck cancers. Right. We have a program in cervical cancer that we are doing, and we're looking forward to expanding a new inpatient yoga therapy research program for stem cell transplant patients wow. that we are looking What's to. What's your uh, background in training then? Uh, are you a I'm yoga? a yoga therapist. Okay. I have a master's in yoga therapy degree. I have a, also have a psychology background. I'm actually back in school to mm -hmm. get my PhD in yoga therapy that is focused on clinical yoga therapy and cancer population. You have a disease wow. call? I keep educating myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lifetime student. I, I, say, I, I say that. But that's good. That's Very good. interestingly, yeah. one of the um, you know interesting uh, conversations that I'm picking up both from you and uh, Jaganji here is the impact of social uh, cancer on the social life. Yes. Right? Cancer is a social disease and the impact of that on caregivers, spouses, right. children and extended family is huge. Mm. So one of the things that we were able to do at MD Anderson is actually to develop studies to uh, see if yoga can help both patient and the caregiver. And we have published this in you know, uh, national journals where if patient, cancer patient, and their caregiver does yoga together, not only the patient feels better and they are able to face their um, symptoms of cancer better, but it actually improves the health of the caregiver also. That's amazing. Literature amazing. says actually yeah. Yeah. Uh, caregivers have higher yeah. symptom burden, sometimes to the level of clinical significance right. that they don't get care because they're caring for the yeah. patient. Others. See, yeah. along so, with the patient, even the caregiver, husband or whoever that could be, you know, they also go through depression. Oh, my God, you know, the life is coming to an end all of a sudden. Right. Absolutely. I don't want to ask you a question. There may be so many people listening to us out here today who are in that situation where they have a spouse or a child or a parent who has cancer, but they've never heard of something like that. To them, what do you say? How did they get in touch with, do they have to be an MD Anderson patient to make a way avail of the services you provide or the best thing that they're listening to the show and yeah. I can is here is yeah. I can actually is offering their spring yoga for mind body healing program that oh, is wow. going on that is free for all cancer patients okay. and survivors right. so they can contact the ICANN number or email and the website they will be able to register and we have that going on for a couple more weeks and the new fall yoga for mind body healing program mm -hmm. is starting September 1st week so, so these are virtual sessions they can do from the comfort of their home and both patients and caregivers can actually join this and they will be able to register themselves for free for this and the number to call to register yes, is 713-370-3489 let me just say that again the number is 713-370-3489 yeah i mean we would like you know people who are listening and uh, not to take it lightly that uh, smita just mentioned that it is and jagat bhai you said it very rightly too and i know it firsthand it is exactly right. the rest of the family that also needs some sort of a therapy and physical um, and mind therapy as in yoga that can be provided would be extremely, extremely useful. People don't know that. The reason is not because no one wants to tell them, but everybody's focused in their thing. The radiation therapist is thinking about the radiation. The chemotherapy folks and the surgeon, they're all work, working in the silo, but they need someone like you who can then say, look, we can do more than what the medicines are doing because we want to work on your muscles and on your mind also. So give that number out one more time, Ms. Meeta. Okay, the number is 713-370-3489. And, and yeah. also just let me tell you that these classes are free offered by ICANN to take care of the patients and the family members. Something else that a lot of us may not realize is these classes are taught by a certified yoga therapist who specializes in understanding disease, your anatomy, physiology. Mm -hmm. So many yoga practices may not be safe yeah, while right. you're recovering from Ex surgery. Exactly. But when you work with a therapist, they will be able to modify these for you and bring it to you in a safe way right. as yeah. well as it has been. And that was you, you segued into.
into the next question I was going to ask you. What happens to a patient when they're inpatient? Can you actually go to an inpatient bedside therapy? Maybe it's, you know, breathing, etc. How do you then keep transitioning and graduating them to a certain level. Can you give us an idea? Absolutely. And I know we discussed the IKN classes that are available, but at MD Anderson, patients have access to these classes, and mm-hmm. MD Anderson website offers more information as well. So when patients are inpatients for various reasons, they can be admitted to get cancer treatment itself, or they are fighting a specific symptom that can be pain mm-hmm. or an uncontrolled nausea, emesis, or change in their blood counts and things like that. So the the beauty about yoga and yoga therapy practices is that it doesn't have to be a posture or a movement to help you benefit. Mm-hmm. Even as you sit down, simply breathe through, doing very simple gentle pranayama or a relaxation or a meditation, just because your mind begins to relax, that impacts the energy, the cancer-related fatigue, the nausea, or other um, you know symptoms that patients are fighting. So as they continue to feel better, the practices can be modified. And we can just like when someone is recovering from a knee replacement surgery, mm-hmm. and we oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> which is very common. Right? Back surgery. Uh, are you talking back about? surgery. And yeah. we know surgery. that rehabilitation practices can actually yeah. help you by improving the repetition yeah, by right. helping you walk longer. So then, similarly, yoga yeah. practices, the intensity of the movement or practices right. can change. And even if it is the most gentle practice, the benefits are bound to be there. Yeah, but the kind of uh, treatment that the cancer patient receives, you know, radiation and chemotherapy, it really literally kills you in the sense as far as, because you, you hardly have any strength anymore. And, and you are so fatigued even for a little thing. And I'm, I'm sure that yoga is extremely helpful because you are not moving your limbs or anything except you're concentrating on your mind. But uh, uh, rather, I'm also going to ask you this, that once you recovered, would physical therapy also help in this regard to get that strength back? And does this week the, the yoga and the physical therapy can work in combination? Absolutely. So I would say it's not necessarily in place of. Many times when we start advocating for yoga, people think, oh, you want us to stop other things. This is not in place of, but in adjunct to everything that the patient is getting in mainstream, including regular cancer treatments. It can be physical therapy or OT or speech therapy if you're a head and neck cancer survivor or have needs for that. But yoga therapy, no matter where you are in the disease and type of disease and the treatment itself, can be a great add-on. May it be head and neck exercises, may it be sounds of auma or omkara that can help your vocal cords and some of the functioning of your mouth and the salivary glands or the physical functioning or help you rest. One of the things that uh, I just wanted to bring, you mentioned cancer-related fatigue, which is a Mm -hmm. very big symptom with cancer patients. And sometimes now we have chronic fatigue syndrome, a a different Mm -hmm. diagnosis that lasts longer. But, uh, you know, cancer-related fatigue, the underlying mechanism is known to be inflammation. And there are many yoga studies that have studied the mechanisms of how yoga can work and yoga practices can address inflammation, thereby addressing cancer-related fatigue and so many other symptoms which are a huge burden for patients. That is amazing. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. If you have a question related to yoga following cancer, during cancer or afterwards as a survivor, give us a call. Uh, If you have a question, ask Smita. If you want to, you know, gain some experience, ask Radha as she's on the phone. Our number is 1-888-749-1035. One of the questions that people always ask is something like this. Does the insurance company pay for that or do we have to pay out of pocket? Okay, that's a great question, right? Yeah, so they see people. We always, you know, I get I get text <laughs> messages that, hey, ask two things. One, is the parking free? Second, is everything else free? <laughs> if parking is free, they bring two cars and park out there. I say, why? Because it's free. That's why. No, th- this is a great question. And especially we are, we are here in U.S. and everything is insurance-based. So it's great and it's a, it's a great and important question. Right now, um, yoga is not directly covered by insurance from most insurance companies. But here is what is something that is promising. Now, centers like NCCN, which is National Comprehensive Cancer Care Networks, are bringing out guidelines 
based on the yoga therapy evidence that yeah, these you know. are recommended medically necessary medically necessary yeah. so uh, you know for those of you who understand the whole uh, insurance and the evidence base mm. you know the research that's the right, rcts that's whole two hour program yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rct is building up to guidelines and guidelines right. that can be picked up by actually these insurance companies that can help cover is you know great now um, we are working with another organization to actually start coming up with billing codes for yoga yoga therapy Good. many centers offer yoga yoga therapy and are billed under group classes or billed under spa like activities Educate, so yeah. uh, and some companies for their employees try to cover some part of yoga therapy yeah. but it is not fully covered under but yoga yes. therapy but so your, your, bottom, your bottom line answer is no it's yeah. not covered and is it very expensive then you know we also, so many we also look at desi discount out there uh, we are desi can you give us a discount offer no, this for free for their patients as part of oh, their wow. care plan wow. so i can yes, i want yeah. yeah. yeah, to add rather go to ahead. that as as a patient of md anderson uh, which i'm still considered a patient even though i'm in the survivor category right. i still go to md anderson uh, so when i had my treatment there in downtown for the patients of course you do have yoga free if you're a patient now i'm a survivor and i attend the west uh, houston location here mm-hmm. in um katy area and they also have a program for survivors and that is also free where they do mind body and um health and yoga and they do it through zoom they're just starting because it's a newer location here mm-hmm. out in west houston but i know the one in downtown every time i went there as a patient they always offered it to me and as a patient like uh you said that you you do get it you can get it for free and not to forget that i can is offering it for free as well for uh, yes. you know all and our I'm folks and that too <laughs> <laughs> Misa teaches us every Saturday, and I, I also wanted to emphasize that, that even 13 years later, I still try to attend every one of ICANN's yoga sessions. They hold them in the park. They hold them through Zoom, like Misa is doing every Saturday for us. Uh, they've held them at Arya Samaj. So I, I want our community to be aware of these things that people like Smita spend their time mm-hmm. doing for us for free. Okay, it's for our community, it's right. for survivors. Right. And and one thing I want to emphasize also my background is also psychology. So oh. I know a little bit of uh what goes on behind the scenes with the community. A lot of people in our community don't want to express that they're going through depression or anxiety or cancer or they're fighting these battles. There's people like us out here who are here to support you and I can is one of those organizations that is definitely there to support you. So I would like our community to be more open about these things and not fight depression and anxiety by yourself. Depression and anxiety can actually be an illness which needs medical help and mm-hmm. I don't know why our community does not acknowledge that. Acknowledge it and get the help. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Now I think I think she is absolutely right about it, but I think it's it's a cultural base a uh, phenomena basically in the indian community so they are just not opening up uh, a lot of people but, talking but, about but in can- the meantime yeah right in the meantime uh, what i've seen um, unfortunately recently i've seen suicides also and 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 it bothers me that people are suffering when we are in the united states and there is plenty of help out there a lot of the help is free Uh, you are so. absolutely right rada as a matter of fact i knew a colleague of mine an indian colleague of mine that uh, who at uh, age 65 developed a cancer and he never told anybody except the family member and nobody knew about it that he had a cancer and subsequently when he died then everybody came to know he had a cancer and a highly educated person but even then they kept right. it to themselves or he kept it to themselves right. and the family kept it to themselves wow. you know just because right. of the family wishes i'm not going to say the name but, did he, did but he, i personally know did he get treatment or he just he did, did get the treatment. treatment yeah okay. but it was it was complete secret mm-hmm. and that is what radha is talking about that that is where we need to open up you know cancer is not something it is your fault it's a human's fault you know it's something that exactly. hits everybody yes Yeah. Even depression and anxiety is not your fault. Depression right, and anxiety right. yeah, yeah. is not your fault. Absolutely. And, and there's and there's help out there. I'm a patient of depression and anxiety. I know you can't see it, but there are times when I have to take medication for it. Mm-hmm. Now, cancer exacerbated that because now I live every day that it might come back. Yeah. 
how do I manage that? I manage it through yoga, meditation, you know, mind-body balance, and, and, and then you go on with life. Yeah. But there are times where you battle anxiety. You, you know, anytime I get sick or I have to go for my endoscopy, colonoscopy, mm-hmm. and now I have to change this, I have to change that. Right. Recently, I was ha- just recently, last year, I was having severe stomach problems. Mm-hmm. Severe. And now, you know, I had to change my diet, another colonoscopy, another endoscopy. So even though you see people happy out there, they're undergoing a lot of things. You are so right. And how do you manage that? How do you manage that? You manage that by acknowledging that you have anxiety or depression and you deal with it. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. This is a very interesting very important, quite serious, Very serious. topic. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the reason we do this program, educational program, on behalf of Indo-American Cancer Can- Awareness Can- Network, ICANN. Uh, uh, first, I want to, I I'm, I'm just want to say, uh, uh, Jagat, you and I have been to their uh, programs before. Yes. And I don't know if Dinkar has come. They did, do a great service. Absolutely. Uh, to service. the community. And uh, it, it is amazing how... They can. They they help so many people. Let's take a caller out here, Daniel. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. Go ahead. What's and your question? Week, I was waiting you to talk something about the Karnataka election. You're completely keeping quiet on it. Listen, hey, hey, Daniel, Daniel, please, this is a very, we will talk about it some other time, but this is a very serious topic we are talking about. Suppose Modi has won. The point is, yeah. the point is, number one, we do have sessions out here called Open Forum. And then most of our programs are dedicated to educating people. And, and usually our p- politics we do on Open Forum when our topics are called Open Forum. Yeah. Daniel knows that. Last week also I told him that, look, when we have guests, we got to honor our guests and be respectful. So, Smita, I apologize that, uh, you know, sometimes you get a call like that. What I'd like you to uh, tell us is, yoga you talked about during cancer therapy, post-cancer. Th- tell us about the advantages of yoga in just totally a nor- normal person. Oh, normal day-to-day living. How am I, Because Dinkar Bhai does a lot of meditation and teaching of meditation. So, I want you all to go back and forth and tell us about in daily life, you know, the problem with us... Me, I know. Me too. Uh, with me. Me too. <laughs> is that I don't get time to do that. And that's why reprimand us, tell us why we are wrong and how we and can change ourselves. why we should get into it as quick as possible. I, I, I think I'll, I'll address another aspect, which yeah. is along the same lines, which is yoga is from India. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a Vedic science that comes from India and, you know... My grandfather did it. Probably your grandfather did it. Probably. So when we try to introduce yoga as a practice that is important for health and well-being, many, many, many of our Desi friends, you know, give this back. Oh, I've done yoga. My grandfather did yoga. My great-grandfather did yoga. But necessarily, their doing yoga is not going to benefit you and me right yeah. now in this moment. I wish it did, but it's not. It has to be Very our true. own practice. So just yeah. coming back to, I want to also reemphasize to folks that dedicating even five or ten minutes of your time for practice that is focused on mind-body. It can be a small pranayama practice that you're doing for five or ten minutes. Is or that a the whole, breathing? That's a breathing. It, it breathing. can be Big your breathing, right? pranayama. It can be your you know, alternate nostril breathing, which mm-hmm. is Nadi Shuddhi. Okay. Or it can be ten minutes of meditation. What happens if your one nostril is closed? <laughs> we have techniques for that. What you need is probably to work with a yoga teacher or a therapist who is experience to help you learn it correctly and it doesn't have to be an everyday problem you will right. overcome that and you'll be able to practice much uh, you okay. know um, better right. so <laughs> i i want to uh, give opportunity here Dinkar bhai, come on. no i think you mentioned very properly and eloquently that we human beings are not used to looking inward that's what you were learning when you're doing meditation right is how your mind and body work together. Right. In balanced way. Yes. Okay. And we are all used with what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears. That influences our day for a great extent. Mm-hmm. Right. So I True. think it's a training matter method. And then she has a good suggestion that even if you don't have any sickness, yeah. you still we want to learn that. something. How to look inward. Yes. But how to be happy. 
It's very simple because in the sense that you understand how your mind process, thought process works, you know, how you want to, what you call peace. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's definition of peace and relaxation is different. Right. Yeah, But right. you practice on that. Yep. Yep. And yeah. Vipassana teaches it's not a one-day thing, it's not a two-day thing, it's a regular everyday thing. Yeah, it's for That's life. the most important part of Vipassana. Yeah, Vipassana. Yeah. Is you do it every day. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Smita. You yeah. have something. Yeah. So, a big part of these mind-body practices like Vipassana, yoga, is the aspect of mindfulness or awareness. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about, we have been talking about anxiety and depression. When people are way much in their past, it is the depression. When people are worried about mm-hmm. the future, it is the anxiety. Yeah. And living in the moment, being aware and mindful of the moment is the essence of a lot of these mind-body practices, yeah. either by Vipassana or by doing uh, a yoga pose or alternate nostril pranayama we are able to achieve that state which is right now and here so well said so yeah. well said well, I'll, I'll tell you my experience i mean you know i, I went through a lot when sonal got sick and then post that yeah i you become your own therapist basically and and people will say did you ever go and see someone for therapy i said no i became my own therapist in exactly that way so when i sleep at night even today when i sleep at night i always go back sonal and i we were together for 40 years we dated for 5 years then we got married so it's a long journey that we had and there are so many experiences with that her that i had which i bring back every night so i sleep my head is on the pillow and i will spend 20 30 40 seconds going into the past in the past maybe we went to mount abu 15 seconds of think about mount abu that lets you sleep that 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 the peace that it brings to you your brain starts feeling good and good and you go to sleep so that is my yoga for myself I didn't learn it from you or Dinkar or anyone. I think a lot of human beings, smart, intelligent human beings, which we all are, four of us in this room, can do what's called a self-meditation. You teach your own. It's like playing cricket. Can I tell you something? A playing cricket, you can learn your own techniques and yet score a century like Virat Kohli does because he has his own techniques. Same thing a human brain. You can teach your human brain when you're sleeping at night, when you're all alone sometimes, meditation as he talks about. Correct. Your own techniques of how do you, you know, uh, how do you feel good and how do you make yourself feel productive and good. Or like you said, Smita, you can think of the past and start getting depressed or the future and think anxiety or today you just keep crying for no rhyme or reason. Sometimes, not all the time. So you teach yourself and rather did that. She talked to her own selves. You teach as a teacher. Mr. Dinkar out here has been teaching hundreds of students how to do that. And Jagat and I are just students. We are learning from all you guys. I need to start learning. You need to start learning. Well, you know what? It's 5.56. I'm going to get rather for 60 seconds. I'm going to let her uh, talk to us a little bit more about her journey, how she can, how she has or can influence others to learn what she learned. And then, Smita, we're going to let you finish this off. Radha, please go ahead. Is Radha still there? That's wonderful. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Everything y'all are doing for the community is very, very important. And um, I just want to say, uh, it's like you said, you know, when you start becoming self-realized and you know who you are, you don't have to worry about anything else. And that's what the journey of yoga and meditation is. So, Saboji, even though you say that, oh, I don't meditate or I don't do yoga, but actually you are. You are. When you're, when you're sleeping and you're thinking that, you may not be doing the physical postures of yoga, but you are self-realized because you know what you need to relax 
and do that. And that's what yoga does, mind, body relaxation. I highly recommend everybody, if you are going through cancer, if you just need someone to talk to, if you want to join some of their events, uh, get in touch with ICANN, a wonderful group of people. Fantastic. And thank you very much for having me. And Radha, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Radha. Thank you so much uh, for your insight. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that all the listeners must have learned something from you. Absolutely. And what you and Vijay do for the community, we Absolutely. appreciate that. We appreciate that a lot. Smita ji, aap you. Tell us about it. I want to again you know, applaud uh, what a great story and what a great inspiration. And especially I love and want to emphasize to our listeners that yoga is not a workout, but a work in. Mm, it's a right. process of looking in. And yoga therapy is essentially empowering individuals to take care of their health and well-being. So when you are experiencing going through cancer journey and you are experiencing so much symptom burden, it's not a pill that you have to pop, but it is a breathing that you can do to help yourself, to control yourself, and to get you through that difficult situation. So I highly, strongly encourage individuals to pick up and make yoga as part of your routine and most importantly June 21st is International Day of Yoga which yes. is coming up yeah, June 21st yeah is that when Modi ji bring up becomes yeah. the yoga teacher for the whole world yes oh yes. wow yes all right yes. we'll have yes. Daniel calling as about as a matter of fact as a matter of fact <laughs> Modi is visiting up, uh, Washington DC at that time and at all not at that time but little, Biden might forget what yoga is all about so we won't go there yeah. let's let's finish it so, Day of Yoga is June 21st <laughs> and National Cancer Survivor Day. Um, you know, ICANN is celebrating it both with a special event on June 4th, which is oh, Sunday, wow. and the event will be held at the main pavilion, Sugarland Memorial Park, nice. and we'll be offering an in-person yoga program that I'll be personally... June 4th. It is oh, June 4th, okay. Sunday. I'll be personally leading the session, so I invite folks to join us, and we can do yoga at the Sugarland main pavilion on... Well, um, let me tell you, Jagat 4th. and Dinkar both will be coming. Awesome. I look forward to having both I, of you I there. want some, someone... To come to uh, uh, to what uh, to uh, Copperfield area. Copperfield. Well, Radha they can. Is. Yeah. That's yeah. Where yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we uh, have a great yoga organization in Houston, Sviasa, and we train and mentor a lot of yoga teachers and therapists. Yeah. We I'm not coming army. to Sugarland all the way. You know, I want What's somebody right? to come there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Smita, again, thank Radha, you so right? much, so much, uh, so much uh, for um, coming to our uh, studio today. And uh, Radha, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. I want to thank ICANN, Mona Lisa. I don't know who the new president is, but Mona Lisa and I, we've been in contact. And uh, we've always welcomed ICANN to come here. Anything that educates our community out there, those shows we welcome to this radio program. Open Forum is not our program. It's not Dinkers or Smriti's or Jagat's or mine. It is your program, listeners out there. Your, the community. We are just... We are the conduits. We are just the conduits. Yeah, we are, we are the catalysts. Rehan. Yeah. Nabil and Rehan will be here soon. Stay tuned and thank you again, everybody who was here today. Radio in